Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Believe in UCLA football podcast. We'll be here with a new episode for you right after this quick note. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wager, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. And as always, I'm joined here by my co-host, former UCLA linebacker, Josh Woods. Josh, what's going on, man? You know, enjoying this fresh Vancouver air. The boys are healthy. We're rolling, coming off a of bye week. You know, okay. this, this year our schedule is set up pretty evenly so it's not like i think last year we had like a home opener then a bye week then like two or three games in a bye week and then we didn't have a bye week till later on in the year and then we had like eight games straight to finish off the year this year is like set up better i think we had like five games by week another like maybe seven by week and then finish out the season and then a bye week at the end and then if we win our division we'd have another bye week so we potentially have two bye weeks going into a West Finals game. Um, so as long as the boys stay healthy and keep rolling, you know, good thing. Good things happening. Good guys are getting dubs. Okay. Um, what does one do uh, during their bye week? What did you do for this for this past week? I visited Kelowna, British Columbia. Um, okay. It's it's like a, it's like wine country. Um, but the Canadian version. out here, one okay. of, um, yeah, it's like a bunch of wineries around a lake. Um, yeah, different vibe. I mean, I don't even know what to compare it to in the States or in Cali, like, but it, I mean, it was nice. Um, for the most part, the weather was, was good. There was like one day it was kind of rainy. Um, so yeah. And then I came back midway and then started, um, some some you know treatment and getting things back going so i didn't go back into the work week you know rusty you know i wanted to hit it you know going up so it was nice though very nice very nice you mentioned uh you had one day of rain like it was like a nuisance or something josh it's freaking hot over here it's i mean it's 96 degrees but um Wait, okay. How, what is the temperature over there? Before I tell you what I'm what what I'm getting myself into here in the next couple of days, it is seventy six degrees right now. Um, I'm, I'm sick. I can't. We're wait. touching. We're touching Wednesday and Thursday. We're touching eighty three. Other than that, we're in the seventies um, for the next next week and a half. Okay, Josh Woods. I am going to be going to Pac twelve Media Day later this week. And if it's anything like it was this past weekend in Vegas, it was like 113, 114. Ooh. I mean, 
I hope I hope all the events and interviews are all inside. They they are supposed to be inside. I don't know how much I can say. I guess it's in the it's at the I guess it's just called the resort or the Vegas resort. It's like the newest hotel that they have out there. So the Pac-12 is kind of doing it up a little bit. They they at least got that going for them. They didn't go to the circus circus or anything, you know what I mean? So uh they're doing, they're they're doing it pretty big there and I would imagine there's going to be AC, but I'm like, do I even wear a nice shirt? Because just leaving the hotel to walk anywhere is going to be a. Be a dress, dress like you're on a vacation at a resort. How about that? I don't really go on vacation, so I don't even know, but I'll figure something out. I might just say I might just wear a T-shirt and call it a day because I ain't. It's too hot to be trying to look any kind of cute, so. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see about that. But um, we'll we'll get to more Pac-12 Media Day stuff in a minute. Um, we, we'll make some predictions. There's a lot of uh, talk on what what to expect from Pac-12 Media Day. Obviously, I've been to a few of them. I know you've been to at least one as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I am kind of curious. Obviously, uh, we did take some time away. You had a bye week. Uh, it gave me a chance to also recharge my batteries uh, in terms of the podcast. But we did talk to quite a few different people. The last interview or the last podcast episode, which featured an interview with Nate Metters, was our last episode. Make sure you guys go and check it out. It is a super long one. I believe it was at least an hour and a half. Um you know, and we've had some other people. You weren't here, but we had Josh Kelly on, and we've had DTR, Shea Pitts, uh, Mafi, several other guys. Um, any anything you learned about any of those conversations we've had? I know it's been a little while, but um, any conversa- anything about those conversations you remember, or just being able to catch up with some of the guys? Uh, anything that kind of stand out from from some of the recent guests we've had on? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is just catching up with. You know, the boys having conversations beyond, you know, a few DMs or texts here and there, you know, um, just getting to catch up. And then also to another thing I'd say, like, relive the memories of, you know, things that we went through, our times at UCLA together, just like, you know, those type of things. And then the last thing is probably like um, for like the younger guys, just hearing their experience um, when we left like like the impact that we had on them and then also just like how they were able to impact the future of you know UCLA brotherhood um like those types of things are are really cool and I think especially if I was a fan of UCLA football just hearing those experiences would be really awesome because um you don't get a chance to know these things unless you know hear them from us firsthand so I think you know if if they haven't already if you haven't already Definitely go check out those pods. Um, all of them are insightful, and majority of them are funny. I feel like yes. whenever we have, <laughs> you know, like another Bruin on here, another guest is like that was you know former player, former teammate. It's it's always funny and jokes because that was just the nature of our locker room and the nature of um, you know the culture of the guys. Josh, I think that's a good point actually because. You know, as the guys kind of graduate, move on from UCLA, sometimes the fan base, you know, they some of the guy, everyone goes their separate ways. And even even for the fan base, they kind of stay locked in on UCLA. And so sometimes they don't get a chance to follow the other guys and see what they're up to. Or some of the other guys may not be on social media or different platforms. So it's kind of good to kind of follow the guys and see what they're up to and kind of check in with them. 
And I think that's kind of, you know, that's one of the things I like about always checking in with you and asking how your current team is doing, because uh, not only are we talking about UCLA football, but you being a former Bruin, we get to follow your journey um, while you're actually in the season. Um, you know, we're not able to do that with a lot of the actual current UCLA guys. Obviously, with Media Day, we'll get a chance to kind of check in with some of them. Um, but for someone like you who's kind of been through the process, I think it's um pretty cool opportunity to kind of follow your journey. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to take a quick break to remind you guys that the football season is right around the corner. And when you're headed out to the Rose Bowl, what better shirt to wear than a Believe in UCLA football podcast shirt? By doing that, you're going out, you're going to the game, you're supporting your team, and you're supporting your favorite podcast at the same time. Some of the proceeds go back to the podcast and help support the content and the different things that we have planned going forward. So what better way to, again, support your team and your favorite podcast than by picking up the shirts? Now, where can you find these shirts? They're available at the Believe Network store. And we made it very easy for you. Scroll down on this podcast. Check out the description. I got two links there for you for two different shirts. Make sure you check them out. Find the one that's right for you. And hopefully I see you wearing them out at the game. I'd love to see you wear them. Okay, Josh. pac Media Day is coming up. Always a fun time. I have a few questions and I'm interested to kind of get your perspective here. But the first thing for me is everyone. So I kind of tease that I'm kind of going through my Pac-12 preseason rankings i am one of those who are voting on the preseason uh team rankings and i didn't think people cared that much about it but apparently everybody does um so i kind of hinted that um i kind of hinted that i was doing my 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 ballot and actually some people wanted to know what it was and i wasn't really willing to share it at the moment but i'll share it here on the pod um and then if you have any sort of reaction we can kind of do that yeah, Content. you're going to I don't know. And the funny thing is, I don't know who all votes. They just say media. And I don't I think there was one or two years where I didn't vote. So I don't know if everybody in the room votes, but I'll go ahead and read mine. And you can send your hate tweets to at JHW reporter. Um, OK, so I'll start from the, I'll start from the bottom, actually. OK, so number 12, I'm going with Stanford. Uh, they do have a new coach. They do have a new recruiting class, but they had a lot of turnover. So I think they have anywhere from like 30 or 40 guys coming in. So it's a matter of how those guys will kind of gel together. Um, we've talked about situations like that with Josh and some of the other guys that have been on the podcast and what it's like when you kind of get a new coach and everything that goes with that. Number 11 for me is Colorado. They, I think they only had like one or two wins. I think they can maybe get to three or four wins. So I have them at number 11. They could potentially finish a little higher. Um, it's just kind of I need to see the first year is just kind of the Dion hype. Now, I wasn't really trying to buy into the Dion hype and think they're going to be uh, a middle of the Pac-12 team right now just because Dion is there. Um, so I'll have them at number 11 and I can totally be I'll totally be OK with being wrong with that one. Um, number 10, I have Arizona State, which also has a new coach, Kenny Dillingham, who has not been a coach previously. He was the offensive coordinator at Oregon. Um, actually, because of that move um, is partly why UCLA has Dante Moore and. Yeah, we'll 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 see we'll see where that plays out. Um, again, a new coaching situation, but I have them at number ten for the time being. I have California at number nine, and I don't necessarily know how I feel about that, Josh. Um, they're kind of one of those teams that's always in the middle. Um, I don't know. I mean, they could fall off. They, it kind of remains to be seen. Honestly, Josh, the hardest part was this bottom. I, I didn't. 
I don't, you never, I don't know what to make of any of this because there's so much kind of coaching change and different players coming in and some talented guys, but remains to be seen. I have number eight. I have Arizona with Jed Fish. They looked pretty good. Uh, it's another year. I guess last year was Jed Fish's first year. Now we're getting another year of Jed Fish. Jane Delora is still there. Um, and and the, the trend you're going to start seeing with some of these teams that I start mentioning are is the quarterback play and some of the stability at some of these quarterback positions. So um, Jane Delora and Arizona kind of start that off. He's at number eight. Uh, Cam Ward in Washington State. I have Washington State at number seven. Cam Ward also returns at quarterback for the Cougars. I kind of have him in the middle of the road. They're still kind of getting familiar with Jake Dickert. Um, I, this is either his second full season. Um, we'll see how that trend kind of continues. And Josh, I'm sorry to say, but number six, I have UCLA. I think it's it's weird because I think they could still be like a eight or nine win team. But there's just so much talent. Ahead. There's so many talented teams ahead of them that I'm kind of I, I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be at UCLA. So I have them at number six. So we're we're half we're about halfway through. How do you feel about UCLA being at number six, considering the fact that they are coming off of a nine-win season, the best season they've had since 2014? And I'm not the only one. A lot of people are kind of saying that they're going to have UCLA at six going into this preseason poll. This being a UCLA podcast is pretty disappointing. You're yeah. supposed to have UCLA <laughs> number one automatically every time. But I mean it. Yeah, a lot of things have to come into play. Um, losing DTR, you know, somebody that's that leads all the categories for quarterbacks, mm-hmm. um, has led the team for you know all those years, most probably games as a starting quarterback. Um, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. And you're losing top running back, both your offensive guards. You're losing Jake Bobo at receiver. Yeah, you're losing a lot of offensive weapons, but then you're losing your your defensive, you know, guys that have been there forever. Mm-hmm. You know, a new defensive coordinator. Steph- yeah, you're losing Stephen Blaylock. You're losing Mo Oslin. Middle middle right now, okay, but I mean, there's a lot of upside. You know, oh, there is. Mm-hmm. The Bruins have a lot of upside, and I think it, I would rather teams to sleep on UCLA and them upset everybody. I kind of like the underdog Bruins storyline mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like i'd rather everybody doubt us and be like you know you saw as mid and then we come in to win the pact of championship so this is your pact of ranking i'm not doing one so yeah i'll let all the <laughs> all the hate go towards yes. you yes send it all my way um but do you think maybe there should be a little more respect on them considering the the, the winning season that they kind of had and and the upward trajectory that you know, the team has had since Chip's gotten there, like every year he's gotten better. And if that's going to be the case, I mean, then they're on pace to at least be an eight win team. But I don't know, Josh. It's just I tough having this... having six nine plus one teams in the conference last year. Mm-hmm. Um, nine wins definitely is not enough. Uh, you need to be at, at least a 10 win to be, I feel like, in the conference to be up there for contention of winning the whole thing. Um, well, and all the schools ahead have more experienced quarterbacks. Even mm-hmm. even if you do want to count Oregon State's DJ Ugalele, um right. as a more experienced quarterback, you're getting a what fifth fifth year guy. Has it been five, four, five years already? No, I think we're only on three or four. There is been... one year. There is one year. So actually, so just just to go off of that number five. Wait, is it number five? 
Number five is actually Oregon State for me. Um, I kind of went back and forth with them in UCLA. But speaking on DJ, I think this is his third year because he sat behind Trevor Lawrence. Then he, well, he actually played some of that year. And then he had his full year. And then he had this past year where he kind of was in and out of the starting lineup there a little bit. So this will be his fourth year. Yeah, this will be his fourth year. It's gone. It goes by quick. Huh? He has two years of eligibility. He has this year, and then I, he could come back. Uh, yeah, because I mean, just or the he red three shirt years of year. eligibility. Yeah, yeah well, he might because the COVID year. I don't. That's I don't what, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my bias is I think that what Oregon State was missing last year was a quarterback. If he comes yep. and feel those shoes, potentially Oregon State could be top three in the conference. To me, uh, potentially ahead of their rival. Yeah, no, no, there's no doubt about it. And yeah, that was the one thing kind of missed for them was the quarterback position. Um, and apparently they knew that. The The one thing also interesting about DJ, I don't know if you saw, he got drafted by the Dodgers in the MLB draft. Um, I don't know how many rounds they have. I think they have like 20 rounds, but he was like the fifth to last pick. And that doesn't mean that's where he should have been drafted. But that's just the Dodgers kind of taking a flyer and kind of claiming him, much like Kyler Murray and, and also some of these other guys uh, that are kind of locked in on football. But I think if they ever do want to dabble in, in baseball, then then they they I guess they go to that team. I think they can reenter the draft. I think DJ can reenter the draft, if I'm not mistaken. But DJ is a Dodger. Um, it, you know, if football doesn't work out, I mean, right now, no one's really talking about him being drafted which is kind of weird because coming out of high school, everyone thought he was bound to be a um, first, second round pick, um, but remains to be seen. But I wanted to shout out DJ for that. I remember the first time I interviewed him was actually had nothing to do with football. I didn't even know he was going to play football. It was at a baseball youth camp um, at the Sixer, the 66 er stadium in San Bernardino. So um, yeah, I remember DJ playing baseball all that long ago. Number four. Cheddar went to Upland. We did talk about that on the podcast. It's been a while. Yeah, he, yeah. he was he was our ball ball boy our senior year. Mm-hmm. And then who was the so he would have been the quarterback after, not right after Tyler. No, there would have been a few other guys. Yeah, but yeah, not right away. Mm-hmm. But he would have been not too far. Not yeah, I don't remember the quarterback was. But two years, the year. David Baldwin. We had David Baldwin. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember that name. And I mm-hmm. think that, and then he saw, he thought, they thought that David Baldwin was going to be the quarterback for the whole, his whole time there. So then DJ goes to Bosco. Really? I mean, I don't think DJ would have been scared of that competition, to be honest. I don't know. I never, I never. You never I found out, huh? I never Stayed found out. Stayed out of it. it. Um. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, so speaking of, of DJ, his brother Mateo signed his NIL or his NLI um, this past winter and is now going to be an Oregon Duck. Um, there's some hype on him, that, and there's some hype on him. He's already been considered, um, you know, a freshman to watch in the Pac-12 this year. Um, he's with Oregon. Oregon is my number four team. They have Bo Nix coming back. There's a lot of people who didn't think Bo Nix was going to come back potentially. Um, I think he was maybe in the top 10 in the Heisman, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, so I think Oregon would definitely be a team. I feel like they're kind of almost being slept on a little bit 
especially considering they have guys coming back. But again, it's just so much talent um, that's also in the conference. It's kind of like you can't make everybody number one. Um, number three, a team that UCLA beat last year at home. Washington is my number three team with that big Penix energy, Josh. He's coming back and he is expected to kind of be the guy again. And I think they were like a top five offense, at least top 10 offense, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there's some high expectations for Michael Penix. He's already being talked about as a guy who can sneak into the first round, should be a first or second round guy in the NFL draft next year. Um, so yeah, one of the top guys would be highly regarded if it wasn't for the team, the quarterback for the team I have ahead of him, but Michael Penix is a guy. Any, any thoughts on Washington and the offense there? I'm not sold on UW yet. Wow. Uh, Really? They potentially could. I mean, I don't know much about their defense, to be honest. So I wasn't that impressed last year. I don't know. The Pac-12 was just so weird. Like. Mm-hmm. You have games where teams look like, wow, this yeah. team should be undefeated. And other teams are like, mm, they don't look like they're not that good, yeah. you know. Um, everybody's beatable any given any given Saturday. Mm-hmm. Or if there's any, I don't think they do Thursday, Friday games no more. But any any given Saturday, one of those teams could lose. Um, oh, for sure. I mean, UCLA proved that. I mean, UCLA proved that because I think not a lot of people had UCLA beating Washington. I think Washington already had a little hype coming into that. And I mean, nobody had UCLA doing a lot of things. The next thing you know, they want playoffs. And the next thing you know, they're not good again. So, yeah, you can't feed into the hype. And it is, I feel like the thing that, like, the thing that I brag about when people like get on the Pac 12, I'm like, we potentially could have five quarterbacks drafted in the first few rounds if Mm -hmm. the way things play out. You could potentially have five, I want to say five in the first round, but like the five first five quarterbacks off the board could potentially be Pac-12 quarterbacks. Yep. Um, and that's one of the things that like I'm talking to the boys that are from the South, like or SEC or the <laughs> other the conference, they don't or like the, the Big Ten, and they don't understand. I'm like, like Pac-12 quarterbacks and stuff like that run the league, like skill. You know what I'm saying? Where there's a lot of talent, and that's like next year. That's what's gonna be like. So. Um, it it's just so hard to tell. Like it's way too early. Like I need to see everybody's non-conference games. Yeah, to be like, okay, they could potentially run the table, or like this. Because I mean, I'm guessing who's your number one. You're probably not gonna get it right. Go ahead, guess. I guess you put. Go ahead. You have. I mean, it's either USC or Utah. But like, SC being in the top two, like. If their defense didn't get any better, are you rolling all this on Caleb Williams? And then at the same time, do you think Caleb Williams plays the entire season? That's true. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it's, it's a lot of people think USC should be number one just because they were, I think if they would have beat Utah in that Pac-12 championship game, they probably would have been in the playoff. Um, I think that was a a loss they really didn't need if they could have been in the playoff for sure, if they would have beat Utah and at least even that series with them for that year, because they did play him twice. They lost to him twice. Um, but also because Caleb Williams won the Heisman. I think a lot of people are going to put him number one for that as if that's like a Heisman privilege. Right. But I don't know something about Washington, not Washington, excuse me, something about Utah. For me, they have Cam Rising coming back at quarterback. He's been a little hurt. Um, or he, well, he got hurt in the Rose Bowl, so it's kind of iffy if he's gonna where he's gonna play at the first 
uh, three games. If he's going to play, he's kind of questionable going into the season. But they're kind of a team that is more, you know what you're going to get from their defense and the reputation their defense has compared to some of these other guys, right? You, we don't know about UCLA. We don't know about USC's defense. We don't know about Washington's defense, but we do know about Utah's defense. And what is the one thing I think you're going to need to be successful in the Pac-12 is you need to have a defense against all these different quarterbacks you're going to play. Because if you have Bo Nix and Michael Penix just throwing the ball, they could be a high-scoring game. It's going to come down to which defense gets the one stop, right? But I think that's the one thing with, with Utah. They have consistency with their quarterback. They have some playmakers on offense they may have to replace. But you know what you have for their defense and but one the of their biggest on their biggest weapons on defense is gone. I'm trying to remember who was that? Clark Phillips. Yeah, Clark Phillips. Which is weird because he didn't even get drafted. I thought that was weird. But for them, he was oh, one yeah. of their lockdowns and a uh, issue that teams had to deal with. Not having him going against a pass heavy conference yeah. to guard That's you know true. teams best best receivers. Who steps up for that? That could mess. That could hurt their defense. The yeah. run stopping, we know that they can run stop, but that's like mm-hmm. what team in this conference is beating people solely on the run? Like we haven't really yeah. seen teams do that. I mean, UCLA has with Charbonnet and um, even to when we had Josh Kelly, like we were almost beating people running the ball, but right. nobody's doing it the way. I would say how Stanford was doing it week in and week out, beating beating people, running the ball. So, like, having a good run defense is great. But in a conference like this that's so with all these quarterbacks, it's who's going to be able to stop the pass, create turnovers that way. I think that is ultimately going to win the Pac-12 this year. There's no doubt about it. And we so we mentioned some of the quarterbacks there. Um, again, we do some of the preseason um, – we do like the I don't know, like the preseason all pack twelve team. Um, I went ahead for quarterback and I did pick Caleb Williams, obviously, and then I picked Michael Penix. Um, so I think Bo Nix is gonna get left you in You like cold. the big Penix energy. I, I do like the nick I do like the nickname, but there is there's just a lot there is a lot of hype on him. Like he's supposed to be a guy, but he can very easily there could be so much hype. Like the thing is with the quarterbacks is with Caleb Williams, Bo Nix. You can throw Cam Rising for Utah in there. And then Michael Penix, as you know, all of them cannot have good seasons again. Like, not everyone is going to be able to produce the seasons they did last year. Someone's going to have a bad season. Someone's, you know, it, it's just bound to happen. Someone may unfortunately get injured. So it's just a matter of who can stay healthy, who can stay consistent is the thing for me. So, and I, I think for one of the things for, for USC was they had a... um like minus 22 where, where Caleb Williams didn't turn the ball over. So they were in the, in the green because of how many turnovers the defense was able to produce and how much Caleb Williams did not turn over the ball. Now the, the thing is, is can Caleb Williams not turn the ball over that much again and, and be that consistent playmaker that kind of remains to be seen. Cause if he gets a little, fr- there's been times where he looks a little frustrated. He, get, he got a little pouty and Lincoln Ryland, Lincoln Riley would have to go over there and be like, Hey, like, chill out and this is like the first or second quarter so if he gets pouty starts getting reckless with the football then they could be in trouble because you can't really rely on the defense for use for usc to kind of bail them out um i mean with that too like what how many quarterbacks or how many heisman trophy winners have had better seasons the year after that's also true too yeah i I feel like i consistently who like who who's won a heisman back-to-back years 
Mm. Especially in the past two decades. Nobody has. Someone came close. Someone, I forgot. Someone won it. Bryce Young. Oh, Bryce, Bryce Young won it like his freshman year and then was like second the next year. So that was about as good as it. We have like Matt Liner, but then Reggie Bush. Matt Liner you know. came back and I don't think it went well. Yeah. Because then Reggie Bush got it the, the next. Yeah. But but it's it's, yeah. it's like that's yeah. really. Yeah. Like you often you don't see guys after they win the Heisman have a better year. Following it's hard to Heisman. top it. It's hard to top. Yeah. It's hard to top a season like that. No everybody's matter. Keen, everybody's keen in on you. Um, if you don't have mm-hmm. the right weapons, you know, the, like yeah, this is gonna be his second year in the Pac-12, so now teams are getting more familiar with his game. So, yeah. and the the thing with Caleb Williams, and it, I'm not, I'm not using this as the reasoningness for why he won because he is a talented player, and in in the same, and you can kind of mention it in the same way about Bryce Young. They won it so young and they're so early in their careers. Like that was the first full season for Caleb Williams as a starting quarterback. He was sharing mm-hmm. time with Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma, um, or he took over the job like halfway through during the last year for Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams at Oklahoma. So this was barely his first full year as a starting quarterback. So now we're getting year two of him. And like you said, people are going to be more familiar with this game. They know what to expect. Uh, they know what the personnel is there at UC at USC. Um, so Kind of remains to be seen, but I'm kind of curious your thoughts, your perspective. Is that something you guys buy into on like, oh, you know, the media has this dude pegged as the number one quarterback or as the number one linebacker as someone who played linebacker in the conference. And as someone who's at media day, is that the, do any of those preseason awards does that kind of do anything for you? No, because it doesn't mean anything when you are lined up on that field. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. As soon as the season starts and when you're playing them, like, Nothing the media says is gonna help you or help them when it when that ball is not like they're not gonna not let somebody sack Caleb Williams because they had mm-hmm. him on the you know or like that doesn't mean you automatically win it when the awards really mm-hmm. come out you have to yeah. prove that uh, week in and week out so that doesn't matter yeah that's true and it kind of makes me wonder why we do it I think it's just so they have something to talk about really um, I just kind of do it so I can get familiar with some of the names and whatnot. Um, but speaking of which, I'm also doing something else this year, talking about voting. I am going to be a top, an AP top 25 voter this year. So I got to follow that's a, all That's a lot of pressure. That's what I'm saying. That's a lot of pressure because you have to, yeah. your Saturdays, you got to be glued. You need to, I have to be glued. I got to be, I got to be dialed in a little bit more than just UCLA this season, which is kind of a good thing. And I kind of try to do, and I think it'll help me be a little better at it. Because I've I always go and I always cover the Rose Bowl game, so it's like I'm always gonna at the end of the year always see like an Ohio State, a Michigan, or, or Penn State, something like that. Anyways, usually kind of get to see Utah for a second time during the season if they're the one who who are in the Pac-12 championship or the the Pac-12 representative in the Rose Bowl, like they were the past two years. Um, so yeah, but right now it's kind of difficult to like outside of of saying Georgia's number one to to kind of like produce a top twenty five nationally because. The easy thing to do is is to put Georgia. Okay, and this is weird. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to have USC as my number four team, which is weird because I have that number. T- off the Tulane loss? Yeah. Yeah. I don't it's, think it's, you be top four with, with the way that defense looked. Well, be, the, because the thing is, too, is like, so I'm going to have Michigan and Ohio State in the top four as well. 
but I don't know what the quarterback situation is for Ohio State right now. It's all just kind of, it's USC a, beating Alabama next year, this year. Yeah, because they lost Bryce Young, so I don't like I. I don't know who their next guy is, but he they're play, probably like number five. He I played. Think, I think but he played. He won them a few games when Bryce was out. Whoever dude was, I can't even think of dude's name to be honest. Like that's a that's the thing. Like I feel like the hardest one is going to be the preseason because it's like you're kind of you're kind of blindly just ranking teams, which is like makes it kind of hard because I'm like. I kind of know I'm going to be wrong. I have to accept the fact that it's not going to be perfect right off the jump. But because you got to yeah. watch, you got to watch the top 30 teams in the country because potentially you have to pay. No, you got to watch. Yeah, the top 30, yeah, 26 yeah, yeah, right. through yeah, 30, yeah, yeah. because mm-hmm. you never like when almost more than that for the first few weeks could be the top 40 because it could be anybody. Yeah, yeah. Team could make it could be could go in at 40 and end up being mm-hmm. a top 25 by the second, third week. Yep. That, yeah, and I'm it, glad that it, that pressure is on you, and I understand <laughs> why the media would be messing up because uh, it's, almost, a, it's, it's a, like it's like unless unless you're getting paid to watch college football, nobody got enough time to watch. There's every not enough time in the day. Team and yeah. like really, you know, be able to break all that down. At some point, mm-hmm. you gotta just make guesses. And it's 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 kind of it's kind of like a. A weird situation because it's like I've heard people get like damn near death threats over like how dare you pick you know team A over our team when they beat them three weeks ago and yada 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 and you know we're gonna burn your house down and all that so hey, I'm like SEC SEC don't play yeah I mean I'm glad I don't live in the SEC trying to make these votes <laughs> so it, it it should be fun it'll be interesting um I think that's a segment we'll have on the podcast we'll kind of do um you know, kind of a review of the, of the AP top 25, because I'll be a little bit more involved in that and I'll be following that closely. So we'll be able to kind of recap some of that. Um, but yeah, I got to try and figure out how I'm going to watch all these games because I have to like more or less submit it. I have to what, submit the top Sunday? 25 the same night. Saturday? Yeah, well, because I have until like eight in the morning on Sunday. I ain't waking up at eight in the morning to do nothing. So I'm doing it that night. You got to be doing it, yeah, throughout the day. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty much, yes, exactly. But it's like so, once you have kind of a top 25, it'll kind of shake itself yeah. out and be kind of mm-hmm. consistent till the year. So it's just, it's kind of like the preseason through non conference is going to be kind of like, anything, what are yeah, we doing? Anything can, anything can happen. And it's super interesting because I didn't know this until like last year or so that they actually reveal every individual poll. I thought they just had the top 25 and then they just knew who the group was. They're going to actually post my vote, like my poll individually. So mm. whatever. Send your hate tweets to at JHW reporter. Um, so again, come. as we get ready to sign off, um, Josh, real quick, at Pac-12 Media Day, what is one question that you wished you were asked? what my current playlist is or what brands would I love to wear. Okay. That's Especially good. with the, with the name uh, image and likeness now, yeah. I'm asking. It's a good opportunity. What endorsements do you want? I want, yeah. Or what is your ideal endorsement? Yeah, yeah, okay. I might ask some of those questions because sometimes we're just sitting there looking at each other for like, because y'all are like sitting up there for like 30, 40 minutes and it's like, hell, I don't know what to ask y'all. Yeah, so. help the boys help the boys get their mon- mm. money up and their branding deals up. <laughs> Might as well. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Josh.
Good luck with the next game, and we will talk to you guys in the next one. Thank you, guys. This is the Believe in UCLA Football Podcast presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.